Nobody knows what's going on when we watch the Olympics. We just turn on our TVs and become obsessed with sports we haven't thought about in four years. This is why we made the Ringer Guide to the Summer Games. I'm your host, Roger Sherman. Each day during the Tokyo Olympics, I'll tell you about a different sport, athlete, or storyline. We'll be releasing new episodes every day starting July 19th. Follow along on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts so you know exactly how to watch the Olympics. It's the Ringer NBA show presented by FanDuel. The road to the NBA Finals starts now, and FanDuel is the best place to get in on the action. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Quick Bets, which are back and better than ever for the NBA playoffs on FanDuel. Find out what you're looking for faster and easier with more props right at your fingertips. You can check out live bets like three-minute markets and exclusive live bets like quarter player props, player assist combos, and more. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available. And listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 years and older, 18 and older in D.C., and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by Arby's. Arby's better not catch you slacking on snacking with their new two-for-five-dollar chicken wraps. And your choice of ranch, barbecue, honey, mustard, and a bonus flavor called Incredible Value. You can't taste it, but boy, is it sweet. Arby's two-for-five-dollar chicken wraps are here for a limited time at participating locations. Visit an Arby's near you or order ahead on the Arby's app. And we're back. This is Logan Murdoch from the Real Ones podcast on KMEL. I'm here with Raja Bell, and we got the Mad Hooper here. Yeah, we're here with the Mad Hooper, and I think we're going to open it up for the audience to ask some questions to the Mad Hooper. Young lady, do you have a question for the Mad Hooper? Yeah, this is Sasha from St. Louis, and I just have a question for the Mad Hooper. Like, why are you so mad? I don't get it. Like, why are you so mad? If you were a Timberwolves fan, and you watched us draft Wesley Johnson. You dealt with Ricky Rubio. You even dealt with Ricky Rubio coming back to Minnesota and all your friends getting nostalgic for $17 million a year. You finally get Anthony Edwards. You finally get away out of the hellhole that is Mr. Khan, that is Cat, that is the Levine and Wiggins mistake. All of that can be erased with Anthony Edwards. And now we're going to hedge it all for a guy that can't shoot. And if I hear one more Timberwolves fan tell me, Ben Simmons, Ben Simmons, I don't care. We had another guy that can't shoot. Let's lock up our salary cap. Let's be done for the next four years. It's so Minnesota Timberwolves. We're going to trade for Ben Simmons. We're going to get him. We're going to lock ourselves into the 10 seed for the next four years. That's why I'm mad. I'm mad because even with Rosas, even with Khan out, even with Glenn Taylor leaving, we still can't figure it out. Man, I'm mad. Robin, Logan Murdoch here, Sasha Mack on the board. We got Roger, back at, Roger Bell back in the building. Roger Bell's back. I'm very excited. Roger, it's good to be back. How you doing, man? How you doing? It's, it's good to be back. It's good to be home. It's always gone? great to get away. Where were you go- why were you gone? Why, why are you gone? When, when did you get back? I got back last night around 11.30. Um, I took my son up to the, the Manning Passing Academy in Louisiana. It was a, a very oh, wow. cool experience for he uh, and I. Um, okay. Uh, Logan, I, can I just say this? I just want to say this. It's been a long time since I ran in to start the pod on something other good. than basketball, but allow Let's me, right? It. If you would. 
Louisiana is a great state. Like we had a great time, but some of my interactions at Louisiana airport at New Orleans airport mm-hmm. were less than stellar, less, less than like the Louis Armstrong airport. I just had an awful experience with a young lady at a, at a, at a rental car place. Like she, she got sideways, was all in my business as I asked a customer service young lady about car availability. She was helping another customer and asked me, why are you speaking to her? Like just got all sideways and I tried to diffuse it and be cool. And she just was like insistent. Maybe she had a bad day. But then what she did was she pocketed my reservation and made me sit there for like 30 minutes waiting on a car until I had to go up and be like, did I, am I in the wrong place? Like what's going on? And so I realized how this was going down. And in my, in my older age, I actually did a good, I apologized for the interaction, even though it wasn't my fault because mm. I could see where this was going. And you know what okay. she did after I apologized? What'd she do? She gave me my fucking car. Wow. But she was going to hold that reservation off of like some petty. Hey, she wanted that apology, bro. She wanted that apology. And then I had a woman as I tried to approach the plane. Do you get on a plane first or last? Uh, I get on a plane. Usually I get on a plane first. I got my shout out, shout out um, United. I'm a, um, you know, United uh, person. So I get on first. Normally. I don't like to, I don't like to wait on a plane, right? I don't like to be sitting on there. It gets stuffy. So I like to get, get on that. last, right? So you like to get on last? Wait. I like to get on last. Okay. Okay. Nah, I mean, like, I don't have nothing that's got to go into overhead. It's just a backpack. Like, I'm going to get on last. So as we get up and get on last, the woman at the gate, after she takes the two people in front of our tickets, she shuts the door in our face. Like, I'm standing in the- She shuts the door in the other lady's face? I'm in a line. I'm the last person in the line. She shut the door in our face as if to say, (laughs) you're not getting on the plane. That's not funny. That's not funny, but it's funny. Like, you're over here like, what the fuck? I'm like, what the fuck? And she wasn't trying to be funny. She was just real talk. Like, you waited too long. You ain't getting on this flight. So I had to fight with her. Damn. Like, they closed the big big door to like- In my face, Logan. (laughs) Like you're looking, they're looking at you. You're like, bro, I'm about to get on. I'm like, nope. I'm on the plane. I have my tickets right here. She's like, nah. I'm, so you were, name? you were, you were in the, um, you were in like the circular thing, the thing, the, the, the I don't know what to call it, but the thing no. that goes into the, what's no, that? this was the gate agent. I was in the waiting. Oh. I was trying to get through the first doors to get on the like jetway. <laughs> Played you. Played you. Bro, so that was my experience, bro. But I'm happy to be back, dog. Damn. It won't affect Yo. my ability to pod today. Let's go. Oh, I know it won't, but damn. All right, for sure. Okay. Um, you know, speaking of which, speaking of planes, the um the Bucks and the Suns have taken a plane to Milwaukee. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> for game six. But before we talk about game six, you like that, Roger. I did um, like that. Let's talk about game five, man. Game five, um, in which the Bucks took. I just want to say real quick, um, you weren't here on Thursday. We had the legend Seared Sohi on. And I I changed my pick. I picked the Suns to go in to win this in six. Last episode, after um the Bucks won in Milwaukee, I picked it for Suns. I mean for Bucks in six. I picked them. I said I'm going to amend my pick. And the Bucks showed me why um in game five. They won. Uh it was a weird game. Now we're going to get into why they won and all these things. But I remember to start the game, the Suns went on this incredible run. They were up 16 in the first half. and But then you texted, you put it in the chat. You texted yeah. uh, me and Sasha Mack that you had a bad feeling about this. And I was like, what are you talking about? Because I had started the, the exchange because I texted, I texted in the chat, Devin fucking Booker. Because Devin Booker... Dunked all over Giannis, and, and he did the and he did the shoulder strut. 
he 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 was locked in. He was like, I'm here. I am Devin Booker. I am not letting us lose this game look, right? And then I I hit the chat because you know I'm real I Devin Booker is one of my favorite players in the league. And I was like, yes, hell yes. And then you immediately text back, I have a bad feeling about this. Why did you feel, why did you have that bad feeling so early in the game when it seemed like the Suns had all the uh, mighty momentum to start? You know, sometimes you have a gut feeling. Um, You know, I got back to the hotel. I had missed the first like four minutes of the game, five minutes. And then, uh, but I was keeping up on my phone. And when I sat down, I saw that the energy in the building was fantastic. The suns were flying high. And then I looked, it was 16. But I just saw the Bucks with the level of poise that was concerning. Like no one was really, you know, they weren't getting out of themselves. They continued to run offense. And if I'm going to keep it a buck, Logan, it was, they had played so well, the Suns, that is, and shot the ball so well. <clears throat> and they hadn't really run away. Because it was 16, but then it was back to 11. Yeah. Right? And it was 16, and then it was at 9. And I was like, this isn't going to this isn't gonna end well for the Suns. Because they're as hot, they're, just, they're hot as fish grease right now. Like, everything is going right. And they're not burying the Bucks. Um, the other thing that I thought, I thought they came out really fast. You expended a lot of energy yeah. up front. And it's like a, you know, you know, it's like a marathon, right? Like to use one of those silly cliches, like you head out sprinting sometimes um, and you run out of gas. Not all the time, but I, I had that gut feeling about this one. Um, I'm going to take a little story time, Maraja. Um, remember when I was a junior, no, senior in high school, um, Berkeley High women's basketball team. Um, they had played a, a team by the name of Modern Day. I don't know if you know Modern yeah. Day, where you're from. Modern Day. They had played Modern Day in the state title game. Uh, Berkeley was number five in the country at the time. Modern Day was number one. Had a girl going to UConn. Um, they were legit. Now, we came out, and we were up like 18 to start the game. Is it Arco Arena? And um, But it didn't seem sustainable. And it was one of those leads where it seemed like it was all adrenaline, and once things settled, the other team, the better team was going to win. And I say, and Modern Day ended up winning. Um, and I say all that to say, I saw the same type of thing in this game five, where the the Suns were going all adrenaline, and it did not seem sustainable. It seemed like they were feeding off the crowd, but once once everybody started to lock in and relax. It was good. And you saw that in the second quarter because in the second quarter, the Bucks immediately you got a Bobby Portis three. You got a, uh, you got a some great play from Drew Holiday. And immediately you look and it's they're they're actually up one. And I'm like, what the hell? The Bucks are up one. Yeah. And the Bucks and at, at that point from the se- from the second quarter on, the Bucks were in complete control of the game. And I didn't think that they were going to let up even. And we'll get to this down the down the stretch. Even when we got down the stretch, it never seemed like the Bucs were going to w- lose this game. It seemed like they were in control and they were the better team. And they had everything that I said that the Suns had to start um, this series, the poise and and the moxie down the thing. That's what the Bucs had throughout the game. Did you see that? So that's like you come out, you know, in a, in a boxing match and and you hit first, like knock a dude down, boom. You think it's a wrap. He gets up off the canvas and he's unfazed. And now, and now you're in a slugfest, right? And I, the Suns looked at like a deer in headlights. Like they thought that that rally or that early adrenaline should have put the Bucks to sleep. 
And I don't think they recovered until late in the fourth quarter from that. Because late in the fourth quarter, when desperation set in, yeah. I thought they actually played with some of that energy. It seems that they like had when in the first des- desperation uh, sets in, it's one of those things where you, it's like when. It's desperation for a basketball team is like a writer on deadline when the deadline is creeping up because you stop forgetting all that shit that you were all like all that timidness that you have. And you say, fuck it. I got to do the best I can with what I got. And I'm not I'm tired of just being timid because we don't have much time. Is that what you saw from this team? Great analogy. Great analogy. Yes. You have your best work, right? Nothing to lose. That's when your best work happens. Yeah. Nothing to lose. Like we got to get this done. And so, you know, I think they got. But we talked about this, right? We talked about the tightness in a series, right? The complexion of the series. I use that word all the time. But when you're at home as the Suns team, and to some degree, this is what we talked about when we did that kind of pretenders like like segment. When you're in a big game like that, can you stay loose enough? And I think yeah. you saw the Suns tighten up because you got to get that. That's a pressure-packed game if you're the Suns for obvious reasons. Mm-hmm. You lose that shit in a one, you know, best of three series, and now Milwaukee's got home court, and so they got tight, and they didn't loosen up until the fourth quarter. I, I would, I said this a week ago. I don't, I don't think anybody really heard me. I might, I was on with Greeny, and he asked me about Devin Booker when he was struggling and what he needed to do offensively. And I, you know, I said his offense will come back. Like he's too good of a player. He has to uh, kind of dive into some other areas of the game and help his team in other ways. And once he does that, the offense is going to be fine. But I also cautioned against. Devin Booker becoming the 40 to 50 a night player. I don't think the Suns are at their best when he scores 40 to 50 points. Mm -hmm. Unless, I think, unless, I think, unless it has to be a real rounded 40 points. It can't just be 40 points, five rebounds, and two assists. It can't be nothing like that. It has to be like the Clippers type game where he has a 40 point triple double. Well, yes, clearly there there are different types of 40 or 50 point games, right? And so that's a better way to put it. But when the ones where he's getting up like, 33, 34 shots, and it winds up being 40, and and you could tell that his focus is on scoring, and that's mm-hmm. what he's there to do. I don't feel like they're at their best. I feel like he can have 30, and yeah. they're at their best when that ball's flying around, it's moving, and everyone is able to contribute to that offensive productivity, and he's got 30. I mean, I think that's honestly every superstar, though, Roger. Like, yes, every superstar can score 40, but that takes one takes a lot of energy and two it's always not really sustainable when you do that you're honestly usually when when by and large when players are going for 40 or 50 points is because they're overcompensating for the lack of uh, options on their team or a lot of people aren't go, aren't aren't feeling it so they I feel like feel they have to overcompensate I didn't feel that didn't way feel about that the way? Suns no I didn't I felt like yeah. you've been getting great production out of uh, at least at home um Mikael Bridges uh, Cam Johnson was giving you really good minutes. I love Cam Johnson, by the way. Yeah, he's dope. Um, Jay Crowder has been has been balling. C- you know, CP3, we'll talk about him. He's, you know, DeAndre, there, there are options there when the ball is moving and players are moving. You know, Devin Booker, it, it's just what you, it's what you like. Uh, Devin Booker is phenomenal with the ball in his hands. I would never pretend that he was anything short of that. But when when you get it and you're in an ISO situation a lot, it stops the ball and it stops... It stops opportunities at times for other players when that ball is really moving. Yeah, Book made some incredible shots down the stretch incredible. of the game. Um, but I just see with this Suns team, it just seems like after those first two games, man, they have struggled to get a rhythm. And when you think about, um, we got to talk about Drew Holiday at a point in time, his defense. Um, but I do want to talk about uh, down the stretch of um, 
of this game in game um, in game five. So let me paint the picture of this game. So the the Bucks go up. They they finally take control of the game in the second quarter. Go into the third quarter. They're up like double digits. They're up 11, 13 points going into the fourth. And it seems like this is going to be an easy win. And the Suns battle back. They hit Chris Paul was really good down. Like wasn't good during the game, but hit two clutch threes. And then tough Devin load Booker, of, tough fall away over Giannis on the baseline going to a oh fight. yeah that was a tough yeah. yeah. And then then he gets a Devin Booker. Like I hate doing this like this comparison, but it absolutely was a Kobe shot where he gets the ball on that on that wing area f- beyond the arc and just shoots a desperation three and it's just butter. Like you know it's gonna go in when he when he shoots it. You knew exactly. They ran him yeah. off of that stagger coming to his right. Yeah, yeah that was and tough. he hit that, and he hits that three. And I think, I think he that puts the game within three. I think it was like one twenty, one seventeen, and then shit gets real. Then um, I think they hit another three to tie. Or no, that's when Chris Paul hits the, the floater to get it to within one. So let's paint this thing. This is when I think, oh shit, the Suns might steal this game. The Suns absolutely might steal this game because they have two closers. They have, I trust Chris Paul and Devin Booker down the stretch. I just do. Like it is one of those things. But then they get it, the the Suns get a stop. And I think Devin Booker has the ball in his hands. Okay, they're going to go up one. Devin Booker is one of those players to where, like, if he has the ball in his hands down the stretch, it's like him, Chris Paul, KD, Steph, LeBron, these guys that you know, they know what to do down the stretch. And you're like, if you're on the other team, you're like, oh, shit, he's going to put him up one. If they're on your team, you're like, okay, we have this in the bag. Now, Devin Booker tries to go in. He he tries to go to the, go to the cup. And Drew Holiday makes the steal of the game and throws. And you knew it was coming. He gets the thing. He's out in transition. He has he has um he has Giannis on a fast break. And in between him and Giannis, between Drew Holiday and Giannis, is Chris Paul. He's helpless. He's in a position you knew the lob is coming. And then Chris Paul like pushes Giannis. And I you immediately sent a text. I you could say what you sent as a text, or you cannot say what you sent a text. You were not happy with that play. And there's a dunk and one. And honestly, an unnecessary foul. Just unnecessary. In my in my eyes, you go up three. It's still a one possession game. You do not have to foul Giannis. Let him get that. Let him get that. Let him get the get the dunk. Right. Yeah. We have more to talk about, but what do you have to say about this sequence? Because it, it was really nasty. It was a nasty time, sequence. How much time was on the clock? Do you remember when that happened? I think it was like I think it was a two for one. I think it was like thirty some seconds left. Okay. All right. Because my initial, like, I didn't know the time. But my initial was like it was really risky pass by Drew Holiday. <laughs> like it was no, and that's but if you have Giannis was, on there, you fucking throw no, that pass. I mean, he threw it. it, it he, it's that's why he is who he is, and that's why Giannis is who he is. But uh, my, I was watching with my son. I was like, oh, and he and it converted. So my my point about I didn't the Chris feel Paul, that way though. I felt as soon as he shoot the throw, I was like, oh man, he's gonna dunk this. this you have Giannis. I actually said as soon as I saw Giannis in the front, I was like, throw that shit, throw that shit, throw that shit, throw that shit. I thought he was gonna circle it out. Um, I thought he was going to circle it out, but I didn't know time. So I thought, I thought it was under 24 and they were going to have to foul. So, But it's a tough one because as Chris Paul, I would have probably fouled too, Logan. Like you're caught in the middle of that. Like you don't know. What I said about that foul was 
He's oh, lucky. It was 13 that... seconds left. It was 13 seconds left. Yeah, that's what but, I'm saying. That was a risky also, play. No, risky, dog. Risky Okay, risky, play. but yeah, if Drew risky. Holiday throws that assist, if you're Chris Paul, if I'm Chris Paul, I'm letting him get it. I'm letting him get the dunk. Why not? Well, you don't know that he's going to get it, and it's and it's, and it's it's Giannis. So, like, you're, like, if if he doesn't make it because you foul him, you got Giannis at the line, and you're going to have mm. to foul anyway under 13 seconds. So, what I'm saying is I'm not even... The foul was probably going to have to take place. I, it was a hella risky play for Drew Holiday. Trust that. I was. I mean, I did this for that a long some, time. That was some G that shit. Was some that was nuts, some G That was some ball shit. Yeah, he had some balls for that. Um, and it worked. So kudos. But it was a, that foul. The way Chris Paul. Chris Paul had two fouls. I, I've told you. I, I like Chris Paul. He had two fouls. You see the foul that he took on Giannis when Giannis got it in the paint. It was a good hard foul. Um, Giannis had gotten it like two possessions prior and Chris Paul grabbed his forearm, right? He tried to dislocate that man's shoulder, bro. If you watch that play, <laughs> he he pulled down on his forearm as hard as he could. It's fine. Like, I'm not beefing with it. That particular play on the rim, if Giannis, I've been the victim of that. Um, when you're off of one foot and all of your momentum is going one way, if you don't get enough of your hands on that rim to hold on to it as you're getting shoved the way Chris Paul shoved him, it could have been a catastrophic fall from the rim, bro. Like, he could have really... And I was surprised at the time that they didn't go look at that because he made no play on anything other than Giannis's waist. He just ran over there and tried to, like, with everything he had Luckily, Giannis him. is like a fucking athletic savant, like, where he just... Did you see the pictures from that, uh, Raja? There's pictures of him just, like... It's like the rim is over his head and he's underneath it and he's like this after he gets pushed. It's a, it's amazing. And he's so high off the ground. Dog. It was incredible. He, he, I mean, again, in the heat of the moment, I'm not casting any judgment on the play. I'm simply saying that that play could have wound up being really, really different, right? That's one of those real dangerous guy in the air running full speed. If you turn and just shove him, he could wind up in a lot of places. I just feel like there's no I feel like either way it's a one possession game. I'm not I'm not fouling. Either way it'll be a one possession game, right? If you let Giannis get that dunk, it's a one possession game. Mm-hmm. If you did foul him, you're potentially, you know, it could be a flagrant. He could like or he could dunk it and with 13 seconds left it's a four-point game instead of a, a three-point game, right? Then you're making it harder on yourself. That's why I'm like I wouldn't have fouled. No, I know. I'm simply saying when you've when you've watched Devin Booker get stripped and you're falling back into into trying to play yeah. a two on one, and yeah. you see the lob go over your head, your natural reaction is going to be to turn around and try to try to disrupt that. It's if that's a that's one of those things that's happening in real time. It's hard as shit. But I hear where you're coming from. And then Giannis misses both free throws. They can't. And then the your sons, Raja, can't secure the O board. Yeah. And they get it. Was that Middleton. Drew? Drew came in and tapped it out. No, no, no. Yeah, that was Drew. Giannis who came and who tapped that out. He tapped it out to Middleton, I believe. No, I think Giannis shot the free throw. I think Drew snuck Giannis in. Shot the free throw. Yo, Giannis shot the free throw. Giannis shot the free throw. Then it got like it got tipped hella times. And then the final one was Giannis getting it to Middleton. Giannis tapped it back, but Drew was the one that kept that alive because he came in yeah. off of the three-point circle and got a tip, put it in the air. And then Giannis, that was a smart play too, bro. He didn't want to grab it. He just tapped it back so he didn't have to shoot again. Yeah, and so uh, that's and I think that when we talk about people who can't shoot free throws, like you could still be, I think what gets lost in that is you could still be aggressive. Yeah, you don't want to shoot the free throw, but pass it to somebody who think who can make it. 
That was a great heady play by Giannis. Like I, and he he did it no look too. He just boop right out. SC Middleton, don't even trip. It's right here. That was another tough one though because Middleton was sliding to his left and Giannis tapped that shit to the right. And when it happened in real time, I was like, oh, he turned it over. Uh, and yeah. Chris Middleton made a great play. It was a heady play. Um, so let's let this is a good time to talk about this. Giannis struggles at the free throw line, right? And Giannis's trajectory of a, as a player to some degree is going to be affected by whether he can get that jumper together. This episode is brought to you by Arby's. It's 3 p.m. and dinner is still hours to come. Maybe lunch didn't quite hit the spot. That's where the new two for five dollar chicken wraps from Arby's come in. Available in ranch, barbecue, and honey mustard. They're perfect for the afternoon snack attack or as an add-on to your meal. Arby's two for five dollar chicken wraps are here for a limited time at participating locations. Visit an Arby's near you or order ahead on the Arby's app. Here's my take on Giannis's jumper. When you see Giannis let's shoot set, that, let's one. paint the picture a little bit better, Roger, because we did. Let's talk. Let's bring like not let's bring Sasha into this, but Sasha started okay. this off. So let's let's paint a picture picture of this, right? And we're talking about Giannis's before the pod in the chat. We we're talking about Giannis's goat potential, and if this guy has all the tools, he has two MVPs. I honestly, if he wins this, if they win, the Bucks win this, he has to get Finals MVP. There's no, there's no. So two MVPs, a finals MVP, a chip at 26, 27. And right. I mean, I'm not going to say he can't be the greatest of all time. I'm not going to say he can't be in the conversation. He has like at least eight more years to play. If he can, he can go on a run, theoretically. I mean, he could. I, I'm one of those guys. I mean, GOAT is a, is a really, I mean, that's. He could, he could etch himself into the top 10 all time. I believe. He could do that. He could do that. And, and again. I think uh, to some degree, at least, it's going to, you know, whether he rounds out that offensive arsenal or, or not is going gonna, is gonna to help with that. Um, his jump shot's not broken. No. So, so we said all that to, for me to say this, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's not broken because I see him. He's got really nice touch on it when he's not thinking about it, meaning when he's in that mid post and he's shooting that one-legged fall away. Um, or sometimes when he's around that elbow area and he he's he's knows he's in it, he's going to be aggressive and he pulls up like those aren't bad. It, when he has to think about shooting a three, it looks awful, right? Goes in yeah. sometimes when he has to think about shooting those free throws. You can tell it's uncomfortable, right? Um, and it's not great. But I don't think his jump shot is a broken thing. It, it just seems to be something that he's to some degree uncomfortable with when he's own, in his own head about it. And if he can get out of his own head about it, I think he can he can find a a a jump shot. I'm getting a feeling right now with Giannis that he's just starting to see, he's just starting to take that next step in his career. He's just starting to take that next thing is like, obviously he's been a talented dude. He's been averaging 30 and 10 or close to those numbers for the last few years. But it seems like, and you know, I was in Milwaukee last week. Um, shout out to Milwaukee. And I was like looking and I, I watched his game and it just seems like he's just the cliche. It's slowing down for him. It's starting to right where it's starting. He's starting to get to his spots and you can't fucking stop him. Like I'm getting to my stats down to paint and you know what I'm doing. You know, I'm doing this motherfucking spin move and you know, I'm getting into the lane. It doesn't matter what you do. You know, I'm in transition and I'm doing this Euro step where I literally go from the three point line to the paint 
and there's nothing you can do to stop it. But it's becoming to be more refined right now. And I could see in the next few years, like, you could get to like 35% from three. Like, I don't, you don't need him to get to 40. You don't, you don't need him to. But I, you start to see that, Raja, with the fadeaways that he's doing. He's really comfortable with that fadeaway now to where it's like, it doesn't, it seems like, okay, this is his shot now. This is something that he's going to. So when you think about that, like, me, me, you, and Sasha were talking about this pre-show. Like, we're obviously comparing him to LeBron because that is that is the go-to this generation. You know, we could just just point blank, in my opinion. Um, and we're comparing them to, and we brought, the jump shot got brought up, and I'm like, yo, when LeBron was 26, his jump shot was broke as fuck. It was. But what did he do? He put, MJ's. like, he just... MJ didn't have a MJ was a scorer when he came in attacking the basket. Like that jump shot got refined over time. His jump shot wasn't as sweet as it like the 90 it wasn't the 96 97 right. jumper where he was in a bag, right? Nah. His shot his shot was broke, but he could get he get it every once in a while, but you wanted Jordan shooting threes then. Like same with LeBron. So I feel like we see a lot of this with Giannis is like, "Oh my, it has to I think we live in a generation where it was like it has to be absolutes. Like you have to be this. Like we all see Le- we see LeBron as a finished product, and we see Jordan as a finished product, and we want Giannis to be something like that at 26, bro. He's so good that he got two MVPs just figuring the game out. Like give him some time. What you just said there is absolutely right. All the players evolve, and you you continue to grow every year. The greats do. Um, they continue to add something to their repertoire. I think Giannis, uh, aside from the jumper, which I do believe has legs, I do believe his jumper yeah. has, like, he will continue to get better at that. Um, a lot of those guys, what they also figure out is it's easier sometimes to not have the ball in your hand so much and do the lion's share of the ball handling and play creating um, off the bounce because let's face it, there are five sets of eyes glued to you there. You know, Mike, Mike was able to kind of, you know, extend brilliance by getting into that mid block figuring out how to be more efficient, less is more, um, you know. And so Giannis, as he continues to grow as a player, he's got the opportunity and the ability to get downhill. Obviously, he's a freak of nature when when those guys, those big come out and guard him. But I think you'll see him continue to get better on that low block with his back to the basket. Um, just just fade, you know that fadeaway you're shooting off the dribble, off one bounce? You shoot the same fadeaway with no dribbles. Mm. You can you catch that thing I on the I also post? can't wait to see like the counter moves of these fadeaways he gets like the 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 the, the uh the pump fake the up and, and unders you know, it's going to open up a whole other bag yeah. yes he'll continue yeah. to grow man and he will be um you know goat is tough but he he could definitely submit I mean, himself I to think top 10. he will be one and if not already the def- one of the defining players of this generation that is yeah. just what it is but I just feel like even the people that we compare him to right we're comparing him to Kevin Durant who is, I think, the best player in the league right now, for sure, when he's healthy. Uh, but if you compare him to Kevin Durant, Kevin's in his 30s right now. We forget that, like, Kevin had to get stronger back in the day. Like, he had to figure out his game, too. But we look at all these, we're comparing him to in all these absolutes to these players that are honestly of a different generation than him right now. Even when you compare him to LeBron, LeBron's about to be out of the league in a few years. KD has a few more years, too. But these guys are like, and I don't feel like Giannis is being compared to his contemporaries. He's being compared to a generation above him. So once they get out of the paint, he's going to be the best player in the league if he stays at this trajectory. You know what bothers so, me? What's you know what up? Bothers what's me? up Roger? Sorry, Go I ahead. didn't mean to hijack. You know, tell me why you're mad, bro. Let me tell you why I'm mad. Tell me why you're mad, Roger. 
like I got to turn on. You're you're comparing Giannis to LeBron, MJ, uh, KD. I got to sit on. Uh, I got to sit up in the crib and listen to people say that. Giannis ain't even the best player on his team. Hey, hey, some of some are friends of the show who we love, by the way. I do, I do love, I do love Perk. <laughs> and there's very few times where I disagree. I like what Perk has to say. But hear me now. <laughs> you can miss me with all of that shit. <laughs> Straight up. I'm making no bones about this. I, I am here for none of the Giannis is not the best player on that team. Giannis is Robin. Miss me with that. If anybody, the invitation is open, you could come on the real ones and we could do this shit face to face. Or this love, bro. We're talking sports, bro. Yeah, go ahead. No, go I'm ahead. not just fucking with Perk. Yeah, yeah. But there yeah, is, yeah. Perk's not the only one. There are other people. Like they make that argument. And I'm here for none of that. I don't, I don't, you can't even support that. Now you could say that, you know, Chris Middleton closes some games. You know, you could say that. And Chris Middleton is not, I'm not taking anything away from Chris Middleton. I am a fan as well. But you can't be telling me that he that Giannis is not the, the man on that team. I can't do that. I just, I, when you go into that, and I think we're starting to see this during the postseason and the finals, man. Like, if you didn't know already, you know now. Don't matter what any other player does on the Bucks, the Bucks are Giannis's team. It's it's Giannis's team. It's his identity. It's what he. You could see it during the press conferences. You could see it during the game itself. This is Giannis's team. Every you know it's Giannis's team because every make or miss from the from the role players and everyone around him is a refer every miss or me- make is a referendum on Giannis's game because I, well what's up bro I'm not you know how it's Giannis's team I know watch the fucking game yeah <laughs> that's how you know it's Giannis I'm not here for any of that shit you ain't got the it's Giannis's team watch a game this is for the people this is for the people this ain't for you this is for the people I was just saying this because of the that's people that's how heated I get though I, my bad that's I know, how I know, heated I, I know, 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 know. Come on, man. but I'm just like I'm just like man yeah, everything revolves around Giannis bro like it's it's the reason why Chris Middleton is on that team we love Chris Middleton. We, me and Raja love Chris Middleton. You know yes. the reason why he stays on that team? It's because Giannis wants him on the team. You know why Drew Holiday, who's making great plays and has been one of the players of this series, is on the team? Because Giannis said that a Kubo. Right? Like, this identity, and also, he's gotten, Giannis has gotten criticized, and the Bucs have gotten criticized for this. The reason why the team identity is because it is because Giannis said, I love these players and I want to play with them. And it got crit- criticism when they were signed. Did we think Drew Holiday was going to be this much of a difference maker? I can't say I did. You did, Roger? Roger did. Roger Roger's a basketball aficionado. He does. I'm just somebody who watches this shit for a living. That's it. Like, you actually played in the trenches. You knew. But by and large, there was a narrative out there that, like, Drew Holiday... It's not going to bring them over the top. He's not Chris Paul. You should have went and gotten Chris Paul. Chris Middleton, we know how maligned he is. We know what I've said about Chris Middleton, right? Also, Raja, I don't know if you were looking. I asked Chris Middleton a question during the um, oh, during the NBA Finals, right? I didn't see it. Would you? you didn't see it? <laughs> so I asked him a question. I was like, you know, you've been much... I was, this is the question I asked, and you're probably going to look at me hella funny. I said... You know, you've been, you know, much maligned throughout the postseason and throughout the season just for the simple fact that, like, you know, playing alongside Giannis and, you know, you get the criticism, but you have been playing well. But to do what you did, it was after game four, to do what mm-hmm. you did on this stage 
or, or and in this moment, does that take a weight off of your shoulders? Is what I asked him, right? And he said he didn't like. I don't. I don't think he listens to real ones. I don't know, but he said I don't, don't care about no what you real he, he don't think. Listen to us. He was like, I don't care what y'all think. I don't care what anybody thinks. And it was the first time where I actually heard from a player, and I believed him when he said it that yeah. he don't give a fuck about what he says. But. That was funny with Middleton, and I that's, and I was that's like, actually really I love funny. you, I love you, Chris Middleton, I love you, Chris Middleton, I love you. Um, but all this, all everything is around Giannis. If Giannis didn't want anybody on the team, they wouldn't be on the team. He loves Chris Middleton. He loves Drew Holiday, and if he can win in this way, I don't think this is looked at enough. If he can win with this type of team, with two with Middleton, who I think history will see him as a better than what I at some points thought he was going to be. But if you see him, see him win with this team, a team that a lot of people didn't think he was going to win because there's only one generational talent on the team. I think history will look at Giannis a lot more fonder and look at this team a lot more fonder in next few years. What you think? First of all, um, Chris Middleton is, is a hell of a player, not only offensively, but yeah, but he's a two way player. I mean, he's out there, you know, he's, he's long, uh, rangy defensively. Drew Holiday, I mean, it's somewhere in the file. Somebody can look back and find it, but, uh, Drew Holiday is a, vi- I don't know what happened to Drew earlier in the series, like with the confidence shooting the ball and offensively. And we said he was guarding Chris Paul. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's what, it, maybe that's all it was, but we, he had to continue to be better for them to have a chance. And he's, well, done he said that. he was tired but, during the, during the, during the first few months. Like it was just exhausting covering Chris Paul. Like, I can which see is, that. makes sense. Yeah. I, I could see that. He's been, he's been brilliant, um, the last few games. And, you know, I did think he was the type of player that could help them get over the, 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 the hump for a championship. Now, I didn't, I don't know that he's a number one option on the championship team, but that's not what he needs to do here. He, he, he needs to be what he was in the last couple games. Um, so I think, I think the roster is better than people give it credit for. Now, it does not have multiple generational talents, but it's a really talented roster. Like, yeah. now, now, you know, we live in a day and age where, where you've got Kyrie, James Harden, and Kevin Durant on the team. So I can, it, like, it's all relative, right? But I do think when you're talking about Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday, while not generational talents, um, super talented all-star players with Giannis, who is two-time MVP, I think they're better than people give him credit for. How does how does I have a question? How does this look like? How does this if they like say if the Bucks win it all right? They're a team that is built around one, like I said, generational talent. How are we going to look at how we build rosters from like now on to where you're not as you're dependent on a star, but you're not dependent on like three stars? Do you do you think that that's going to change how we look at like how we want to build super? Is it like does this spell the end of the super team era? I don't think so, but I think it's a question worth asking. I do think it, I think it's a great question. And I think people are going to have to start like it's a copycat league. Um, pe- people are going to have to start looking, looking into what their finances are, what type of flexibility you lose when you put three stars uh, of that magnitude on a team. Uh, like also, how much pressure it puts on your organization. Absolutely. You're in win now mode, like from one night to the next. Like it's just the whole without having to develop what in a normal way, like throughout the years. Absolutely. And so, you know, I take it a step further. You have two teams doing that right now. Your two finals teams, right? Mm-hmm. Like you could say Chris Paul is a generational talent, but he is at the end of that rope to yep. some degree, right? And Devin Booker's not there yet. Like he's he's ascending into that, right? Like he is he is on the rise 
I love. I can't wait to but, see what what Devin Booker does next year. No, and I I don't mean like I hope no one takes that for for it no. being You're something well that's not. Rank. Yeah, he's still young. It's it's in front the of the Suns him. are ahead of schedule, man. Like yeah, we so, talked about this. Yeah. So to your initial question, you have two teams right now doing it without super teams, and I do think in a league where you know people look around and take note of what someone else is doing and try to copycat that, you are going to have people reevaluating whether it makes sense to have three three on a team. Like you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I I, I wonder how that is. Also, like man, it's. I mean, I think this is the NBA that a lot of like criticizers and skeptics of the super teams. This is the finals that they wanted. Let's just be honest. This is the finals that they wanted. And thank gosh, thank God it's a great finals. This has been legitimately a great finals for, for to watch in general. But I think this is a dub for the people that say like, yo, man, we were tired of watching the Warriors in this, in like this, this influx of talent on one team. We wanted to see a more solid team with you know, with role players and things like that. And um, we wanted to see something that seems a bit more attainable. And I wonder I can, I wonder how that's going to reverberate around the league in the next few years, man, because next year you're going to have those super teams come back. You're going to have the Lakers come back. You're going to have Brooklyn come back with a bit more rest. You're going to have, I, I wouldn't call the Warriors a super team anymore, but the Warriors are going to be in the mix. Um you're just going to have all these things, right? You're going to have all these types of things. And I'm curious how the landscape is going to going to go because it's funny because you see even with the super teams, the mortality of these super teams because if one guy goes down, and I think that's one of the things, if one guy goes down, that spells doom for the rest of the team, right? Whereas if you see the Bucks or um, the Bucks, Giannis had a knee injury, they were able to weather the storm for a game or a couple games without him. Yep. And, and I don't know. Like, I'm curious to see how that works out, man. I well, really am. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting. And I think if your super teams bounce back next year and and you're talking about Brooklyn and the Lakers in the finals, it's a different conversation than one we just had a second ago, right? Because your super teams have won it. But to the point you made, and it's a really good point about um, mortality and and, you know, if one guy goes down, it's not just because it's a brilliant player that's going down and he means so much to what you do. It's because to keep that brilliance, yeah, you have to go out and spend less on depth. Right. And so you don't have someone behind that that's, that's, you know, at least partly capable of doing what he is. It probably you have a minimum guy behind him, you know, and, and it's yeah. hard, you know, some of these teams are built with good depth. Like you're not losing a ton going from the number one option to the number two option, right? Like, you're losing, but not a ton. But even when, like, even when you think about, like, the Warriors and stuff, right? They didn't have much depth, but they had Andre Iguodala, right? Yeah. They had, like, they they didn't have depth like that. And, you know, I, I'm curious to see how, like, that's going to, who's going to be that other person for the Brooklyn Nets or, you know, I think the the Lakers have a bit more depth than that. But like, you know, with the Brooklyn Nets is a great case study because I'm I'm wondering how they're going to be when who's going to emerge as the other guy. They need one more other guy besides the, the 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 big three. They need one more guy. We'll see what happens, man. Um, let's take a quick break. And uh, I want to preview this uh, game six. This episode is supported by State Farm, man. I remember when I first got into a car accident, it was pure frustration because I did not have State Farm. And now that I do have State Farm, 
It is an exclamation of pure joy. But the only words that you need to remember are, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm has options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Learn more at statefarm.com. This episode is brought to you by Visible Wireless. Want a wireless provider that always brings its A-game? Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon as low as $25 a month every month, taxes and fees included. And as if that wasn't already a huge win, you could use promo code RINGER20 to receive $20 off your first month just for listening to us talk about basketball. Not bad, right? You don't need more than one line of wireless to save. Just switch to Visible at Visible.com and use promo code RINGER20. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. The Visible monthly rate is $25 per month. Now, Raja, we are on the eve of game six and on the eve what might possibly, might very possibly, be the last game of the NBA season if the Bucs can win a title. Um, how do you, if the Bucs win a title, what happens? Um, what are the ripple? I want to look at the ripple effects of this. Um, I want to start with the Suns. What do you, what are the ripple effects for the Suns real quick? Um, if they lose this, right? Like they're a team that it's, it's, they're, they're a, a team where they're ahead of schedule, but they have a lot of question marks. Honestly, their front court depth needs to improve. Like they can't just go another season with just Aiden and then just some dudes at behind him. Need a legitimate. Would love to see like Dwight Howard on that team. But what do you think happens if they lose? Like, do you think that they're still in the mix next season? Um, it's a great Are they question. Title contenders next season. Yes, title contenders. Um, not 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 favorites in, in my opinion to come out of the West. I wouldn't put them in that mix next year. Um, I, you know, they have, there have some interesting, like, I, what, Chris Paul's got a player option next year, is it? He's got a player option. Um, I think, not, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they've got, they got decisions to make. Chris Paul being probably, you know, what, what you're going to do there as he continues to age. And he's going like, to want the, security for sure. Like, I, I'd imagine him, like, not, not, picking up that option and wanting a, a contract. Right. What do you what do you do there? Um and then addressing that front court depth is probably going to be, you know, the most paramount. Well, Chris is Chris is the first and foremost, right? Where you're going to go there. Robert Sarver, you know, like I gave him love earlier in the playoffs, but hasn't always been willing to go out there and and open the pocket up, you know? So how's he going to operate around that? And if they get Chris Paul back, uh they are a contender. Got to got to deal with that depth in the front court, though. This is how you maintain, like, to your point about Sarver, and this is something that he hasn't necessarily done in past years. You, Roger, you know this. You played when the last time the Suns were this good. Mm-hmm. Um, this is how you maintain contenders, man. You got to spend money, and you got to spend money smartly, in a smart way. Um, so, I just. I don't know. I think they have a I think they might have another crack at it. If they can get front court depth, I would lo- like I would love to see a backup center like Dwight on on this team, you know, who he'd be I huge. think he'd be good. 
It'd be um, huge. They're going to need to address that backup point guard too because Cameron Payne's looking to get paid. Oh, one hundred percent. Do you would yeah. you would you take campaign if you're the Suns right now? Like obviously campaign's doing a damn thing. He's been killing it. Do you, yeah. do you resign him? Yeah. I mean, yeah. That's a Monty it, Williams guy. And yeah, he's one of those re- guys to me where like Monty he's good because Monty Williams got him to a place where he's good. And Monty is gonna want to keep that because he's gotten the best out of him. And if you're gonna if you're gonna sign, you almost have to sign two people when you sign Chris Paul, right? Because yeah, he can't play the amount of minutes and carry the amount of load he's carried. If you're going to extend him into the twilight of his career, you're going to have to load manage. And then you're going to have to have a really good backup to him that you trust. Yeah. So as you sign him, you're essentially signing two players, him and a, and a good backup PG. Yeah. I, I agree with you because I wouldn't even be surprised if next year, Chris Paul averages like 12 and seven and that'll be right. okay. That's fine. As long as he's good in the, in the postseason. Um, for the bucks, man, like if they win this title, what does that do? Do they, I don't, it's, can they repeat if they win this title? I don't know. I, it's, but it'll be great for that reason though. Like Milwaukee has just been forgotten for so many years. It would just be great. And just to see it firsthand, how Milwaukee uh, feels about that postseason. It's always fun to see a city that hasn't like won it in the finals. You saw that in Cleveland to where they're just like, they're chomping at the bit. Like we just, we just want to be on the stage. Mm-hmm. How is it if they win this title? You know, because you've been around Cleveland and you've been around these 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 small market cities where that is what th- that's their shine. And this is we're only going to get one 15 year run, and we don't know when we're going to get this again. What is that like when they're at this stage? I mean, it's a great time to be in said city. Uh, let's start there. I mean, when it's yeah. when when those towns are having success and those teams are winning. I mean, it is it just means so much to the region and the market. Um, you know, and and. You know, to some degree, there are two there are two things that kind of dictate how long your window's open there or how 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 effective you are coming back the second year would be the mm-hmm. franchise's willingness to keep that run going. That means spending money, right? That means well, their guys are locked in. They got they yeah, got Middleton well, locked in. Yeah, Bobby Portis. Drew. Bobby Portis is gonna be up. Like he'll he'll opt out of three point eight, I would imagine, right? And yeah, also a real one. Love Bobby Portis. Yeah, Bobby Portis is dope. Um so, but continuing, like not being satisfied with what that looks like is what I mean, Logan, right? Like not being, it's going to be hard to run it back with exactly the same pieces. So is there something out there where, you know, it makes sense, you know, to do what you got to do to continue, to continue moving forward. And then how hungry is Giannis and, and Chris Middleton? Is that we got a chip, we did it, we're good, or are you able to come back to camp because you're relatively young and double down on like we want to keep this moving and and that's not an easy thing like you know I, you talk to anybody who's won multiple championships I have not but when I talk to Rip Hamilton and LeBron and James Jones and all those dudes it's exhausting so you know can can you stay focused and stay hungry and that ultimately oh, you know determines by the way I saw Jupes in Milwaukee I went up and introduced myself to Jupes did you I called him Jupes what do you say when you call him Jupes he said, "What's up?" And I like he was like, "What the fuck?" And I was like, "No, I do a podcast with Roger Bell." He's like, "Oh yeah. shit, cool." <laughs> no, it's great dude though, man. Like great friend dude. of the show, friend of the hey, hey Phoenix, Phoenix Suns. If your PR staff is listening, we need Jupes on the pod if you guys win, or we need Jupes on the pod in general. Ju- I mean, give Julie Fye a shout out, right? Julie Fye's, I think she's still in Phoenix. I think okay, she is the best of the best, and I've been mm. around some really good. Uh, people and been blessed to have some really good PR. Julie is is 
the best. Word. So we need um we need Jupes on the show for the show, even if it's next year. We he's coming on the show. Um, but yeah, it wouldn't it be kind of wild if the out of all these super teams, the Bucks were like the dynasty out of this. I don't think it's gonna happen, but like if they were if they win this title here and then like they just catch all these teams on the back just because they're on the back end of their primes, like LeBron and and KD are just on the back and they just don't win another one. If Milwaukee just sneaks in a couple titles right here. Be crazy. Could be fun. That'd be could, could be, be fun. fun. I'm just going. Um, I'm just going to say this. So, in Brooklyn Nets next year, you better watch out. Hey man, well, Milwaukee, get it now. Get it now, Suns. Get it yep. now. Whichever one of you gets it, get it now. Yeah, for sure. Because the Warriors are coming. The Brooklyn Nets are coming. These they're ready to go. So they're that's what's in. kind of fascinating for me. Lakers right? like, are coming, is, Sasha. I know. These aren't two. These aren't two teams that like. These are two teams that are both like we need we if we're gonna get one we need one like, right now we need it right now <laughs> that's why this could go seven because yeah. both teams know like yo this is the, we're here we need it yep all right man I'm I'm so this made me so pumped for game six I'm very excited man I can't wait to watch <laughs> I'm so juiced um, that's been another edition of real ones um, you can catch us Monday and Thursday. But that might be changing soon, by the way. Just, you know, maybe announcement here and there. We, that might be, you know, it might be, mm, might be a little uh. change is coming soon. Um, but in the meantime, we will see you guys Thursday. But first, make sure you check out everything on the Ringer slate. Make sure you follow Ringer NBA on all social platforms. Make sure you check out Group Chat Mismatch, The Answer. Make sure you check out Black Girl Songbook with who, Raja Bell? Town legend Danielle Smith. Make sure you check out R2C2 with who? Roger mm. Bell. Vallejo legend. Crestside clown. CC mm. Sabathia. Mm. Make sure you check out the Ringer Music Show, which is a new episode coming out tomorrow, which I am on, by the way. Oh. We're talking about Space mm. Jam. Talking about Space Jam um, with uh, Charles Holmes and Grace Spellman. Shout out to Grace. Um, also check out the Ringerverse, um, who uh, with Van Lathan, with uh, Mallory, with Charles Holmes, sometimes Jomi, who we haven't seen in a long time. I haven't seen Jomi. Um, and uh, we'll see you guys on Thursday, man. Holla. Holla.